0: The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN.
1: Good Friday morning, tune is the numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander, it's Kelly Bidlin, and Kelly, it finally happened. After years of crushing the NFL draft, thought this was a possibility. I get beat on the NFL draft. You? Yeah, they got us. Thank yeah, what makes it, by the way, we'll talk NFL draft to several times today. Frank Schwab will join us from Yahoo to discuss winners and losers as well. We'll have some thoughts on that as well. Although I think winners and losers kind of consensus. Um, but what makes it, I guess what makes it from, you'll you'll speak for yourself here, but I think we've on this show been consistent about how does anybody watch college football, specifically when it comes to the quarterbacks? Right, every time Kentucky had a big moment, Will Levis came up small. And did anybody see CJ Stroud all season long and crushing Georgia? So um, that's what that's what made this all very peculiar. And then in the end, he goes second, and Will Levis is still in the green room. Let's just uh, let's just go through this one by one. First of all, you 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 would agree with that's the frustrating part for us because we had that conviction the whole
2: time. Oh y- yes, that that the And yes, I'm most, I guess I'm most frustrated in myself, but it's part of like, it's part of like what we talk about all uh, every summer. We're like, we end up making more NFL futures bets and talking more about more things because we have hours and hours and hours of shows to (laughs) do uh that you like sometimes convince yourself into thoughts. And after you're sitting there after the second pick yesterday and it's like, it was Bryce Young and CJ Stroud one way or the other. All the the whole time. Well, like, I think
1: it was that way the whole time. Well, what's fascinating about it all is, first first of all, and let's just start at the top of the draft. The Reddit post from a few days ago, we came on right after that happened, and we immediately said, this is a bunch of nonsense, right? This is the dumbest thing we've ever heard. And that proved to be. How many people do you think bet Will Levis to go number one based on that Reddit post? Oh, a ton. A ton, ton because we saw the odds move. The other thing was, so yesterday, so in the end, CJ Stroud wasn't like a huge favorite to go number two until the final hour, right before the draft, where he climbed all the way to minus twenty-five hundred. We still had people saying, "Oh, it's going to be Will Anderson." No, nope, betting market knows something. Right at the very end, and so
2: he, so it did swing that
1: way. Oh, at the the last hour, because at like okay. 3 p.m. Pacific, so two hours before the draft, eh, it was like you know, it could be, it could Anderson was still a slight favorite. And then it just motored the last hour. It got to, like, minus 2,500.
2: Okay, because I'll be honest. I I checked out after you when you and I were texting yesterday where I was like, this has gotten so ridiculous. You had
1: to almost. Yeah, or
2: I was like, I'm checking out till this thing actually starts.
1: But but I'd say second thing beyond the Reddit post that was ridiculous was also – so we – and we talked about this as well, but there was always talk about the leaked – uh, the leaked cognitive test, the S2, was it called? Where he CJ Stroud got 18th percentile, and everybody went on and on and on about that. We also mentioned it here on this show. But did anyone ever talk about Will Levis's toe being this huge concern for all these teams? No. Until last night, it was like, oh, yeah, it's been a, been a huge concern. So, well,
2: it wasn't really reported on, right? Well, it- that's
1: the thing. So Young goes first, which we all kind of knew was going to happen. Stroud goes second. And then the other curveball. And by the way, Daniel Jeremiah did have this right. He on his final mock draft, he had one, two, three, perfect. He had Stroud going to the Texans second, and he had the Texans trading back to get Will Anderson yeah. at three. Or did he go Anderson Stroud? I can't remember.
2: It was it was one one, one or, the way other. or the other. Yeah. The, but, uh...
1: but the trade that they made. So when you're going through like winners and losers of the draft, you almost can't. Listen, I remember when the, when the Skins drafted LeVar Arrington and, and Chris Samuels second and third back in 2000, which was the last time anybody had taken two players in the in the top three. I think the, the Colts were the only other ones when they had Emptman and Corriott years before that at one and two. But this was, you can't almost make them the winner because what they traded to go back in was they gave up the, the 12th pick, the 33rd pick in this draft, along with a first and a third next year, To get Anderson in the one hundred fifth pick, like that's a lot.
2: Yeah, it is
1: to give up. But they end up with Stroud and Anderson, and then, and then here's here's the thing. Going into yesterday, besides Bryce Young to the Panthers, was there anything that you felt more strongly about that? If Levis is available at four, the Colts will take him.
2: No, I thought it would be. I thought it would be. One of the two, right. I, ha- I, I, really had really I had convinced myself.
1: I had convinced myself. You had Levis. convinced yourself. Yeah. I-,
2: I really didn't know which one was the two. I'm not going to sit here and say I thought it was going to be Anthony Richardson either. I thought it would be one of the quarterbacks. I mean, I really thought there was a good chance quarterbacks were going to go one, two, three, four. It looked I really for, thought that, that was for be a good.
1: moment. It could be so they go Richardson, which really then sends this into okay, where are we going from here? The Seahawks weren't supposed to take Witherspoon. The one thing we did get right, we said on this show and on the podcast, on the Beating The Book podcast, the Seahawks would absolutely not draft Jalen Carter. And that turned out to be true, even though Jalen Carter was like a minus 650 favorite to go number five. So we had that right. I didn't bet it accordingly. Right, of course. Right. So shame on me. The Cardinals trade back in to get Paris Johnson at six. So
2: that's where just my personal betting
1: this that, is where it goes crazy, that right?
2: That trade hosed me at three, right? Because if that's, the Cardinals probably would have taken Paris Johnson anyways if they couldn't get a trade partner for that third pick. And I had that top five on Paris Johnson at 29 to one. So they move out a few picks. And I had Will Anderson over three and a half. So that trade for three oh. is what really screwed well, me
1: Well, th- at this point, then I'm like, oh, so Tyree Wilson's going to be the person who drops way down. Yep. And he was the favorite to go number two a couple days ago. The Raiders take him at seven. And I get it. They can't take Jalen Carter because they have the whole Henry Rugg situation. They can't take any controversy. So then at eight, the Falcons go Bijan. Great player. But, like, that's the position you need? Still, it's still the weirdest it. thing ever. I still don't get it. And if you thought that was weird, then the Bears do the entire National Football League a total disservice. <laughs> and for a fourth-round pick, swap with the Eagles, who take Jalen Carter no problem. By the way, this was a tweet from uh, – who said this in? I mean, this, Tom F., what, T for three.
2: What a silly draft. Like, for the Eagles, like, this is – Oh,
1: they, they're the huge winners. The, Tom F., T for three, tw- uh, tweeted yesterday. goes, at a point in the show, a mention of Carter to the Eagles came up, and you said something to the effect of, because that's what they need. Commode's <laughs> fan moment bleeding in there. That's exactly right, because that's what they need. And so – and by the way, of course, later they get Nolan Smith – so you're talking with the Eagles. In the last two drafts, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith yesterday, Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean, they are recreating the George Bulldogs defense, and why wouldn't you? Eagles, Eagles are going to be massive NFC favorites yeah. from here on in.
2: It's still odd, though. Like, you don't, you don't see that often. You know, I mean, like, you are literally reconstructing what, what the Georgia defense was in 2021 and the stars that were on it.
1: Yeah, by the way, but well, you know, Skins tried to do it with Alabama players for a while, too. By the way, apologies to the 49ers and Seahawks, but the Eagles will be favorites and all this. And then Darnell Wright goes to the Bears at 10. Jeremiah had him mocked at 31. Yeah. The other curious thing, of course, was the Lions. The Lions who traded out of six with the Cardinals, and then at 12 take and good for you because you had the over on the running backs, take Jameer, take Jameer Gibbs. So they could have had Bijan at 6. They also could have had Gibbs at 18 where they initially were. Yeah, Th- it was just saying. bizarre. The whole thing was bizarre with them.
2: Yeah, when, and from a betting perspective, that one really irritates me because I, I just sat here for weeks. I like us over 1.5 running backs. I like this over 1.5. Plus 400, plus 300, plus 200. No, jump in jumping <laughs> at plus 150. <laughs> Oh, I loved man. Gibbs so much. I mean, I mean, I think, I think the thing with Gibbs and Bijan Robinson, Gil, it's the. Like, I don't fully get it from the Falcons' perspective either. But if you're telling me I'm getting an Alvin Kamara-like weapon for my offense. You
1: must think he's that.
2: You have to think he's that. For both of them. And I I think that applies to Robinson and Jameer Gibbs.
1: Well, the the Jameer Gibbs thing is curious, right? Because I would think one of those other Detroit backs might be on the trading block today. Yeah, I would think so. Like, Swift. I mean, they just got Montgomery, so it won't be him. But Swift could be traded, one would imagine. I'm just guessing. Because it's like, that's super crowded.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I thought that was odd. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't even remember they got Montgomery. So when they said that last night, I was like, yeah, that's a crowded backfield.
1: So Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith to the Eagles. I mean, if we're doing the whole win, th- the interesting thing about when you do winners and losers, I mean, that's what every network does after this, non-betting just in terms of the teams. But, but I think it's noteworthy this year because it feels like everybody's in agreement on who they are, right? That like everybody's on the same page. The Eagles were, for one, with – Jalen Carter, who Chris Felica was on yesterday, said he's the best player in the draft. Mel Kuyper had him as the best player in the draft. A lot of people did. So they get Carter and Smith. And then the Seahawks get Devin Witherspoon, as we mentioned, at five. And they get Jackson Smith and Najigba at 20, the first wideout drafted. One of the few things I got right. And then there was the run on wide receivers. But they ended with Witherspoon and, Njig- and, Jack- and Jackson Smith and Najigba. So good on them. And I do think, like, Baltimore, after re-signing Lamar Jackson yesterday, which was the big news before the draft, and good on Lamar Jackson, no one's complaining about him being his own agent today. Yep. So get that out of here. Yep. But the most predictable pick in the moment was the Ravens at 22 picking a wideout, and they go. They end up with Zay Flowers, the, uh, who was the third wide receiver taken off because Quentin Johnston went in between.
2: That was shocking to me. That that really was because right? we kept talking about it the past couple of days. When did we talk, we hadn't heard about Johnson or Addison? It felt like in months anybody talking highly about them. Um, Lamar though he he gets his deal. You get a wide receiver. It ends up being this glorious day for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Like, I don't, hey, what a weird story for us talking about for months. Just, what's going on there? It's like, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're just gonna move on.
1: Like we're not gonna think about it ever again. So, uh, by the way, there was the Christian Gonzalez drop. We'll talk with Frank Schwab about that as well. He ends up with New England at 17. Um, And then there's four guys. Will Levis, still in the green room, if you will, virtually. Uh, Will Levis, who the Titans are now the favorite, the short shot to pick him. The Titans have the 10th pick in the second round. So he'd have to get by the Raiders and the Saints again to get to the Titans. By the way, the... uh, The Raiders are 8-1. The Saints are 16-1 to take him. Brian Branch still there. Joey Porter Jr. still in the green room. Michael Mayer still in the the green room as well. So those are the four guys who uh, had it a bit awkward yesterday. We'll talk more NFL Draft with Frank Schwab as we lick our wounds on that. NBA. There was an NBA game last night. Our thoughts on the Celtics-Sixers
0: line next Check out Point Game with John Wall
2: and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: It to be That's my <laughs> A numbers game on VC, the Sports Betting
1: Network. It's time to download Nevada's Premier Sports Betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're gonna love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions, must be 21 or older, and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call one 800 5 2 2 It's Gil Alexander. It is Kelly Bidlin. Uh, we mentioned uh, you could still bet now on, you know, Will Levis. Which team will he go to? That's available uh, at DraftKings, where the Tennessee Titans at plus 350 and the Rams at plus 350 are the uh, co-short shots. I mentioned to get to the Titans, who have the 10th pick in the second round, still has to get to, you know, some teams that perhaps might be interested in a quarterback. The Raiders at eight to one, the Saints at sixteen to one. But listen, they passed on him once before, so who's to say they won't again? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. the, the, the whole the toe thing is interesting. What I did, what I didn't like hearing this morning uh, from like national media is is kind of
1: attitude stuff.
2: Well, no, no, no. It was like the the teams using Will Levis as a smokescreen and stuff. I'm like, I don't. Where'd do he get used? Where did he really get used? I mean the the first overall pick, the second overall pick, he had to know he wasn't going there.
1: You can also bet on offensive and defensive rookie of the year at this point. These are interesting. These are interesting because it's again with offense, you immediately your eyes immediately go to the quarterbacks. Well, nope, they're not the short shot. Bijan Robinson is at 4 to 1, the Atlanta Falcons Bijan Robinson out of the University of Texas. Bryce Young would be the second short shot at plus 475. By the way, were you watching the draft coverage before the actual draft started? They they lined up everybody that they had invited to the draft itself, all the prospective draftees that they invited, they lined them up side by side on the big stage in Kansas City. By the way, we'll talk to Paul Carr. He's got Premier League picks, but he's also a Kansas City native. We'll talk about that. But like Bryce Young and Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers wide out, so it's okay. But Bryce Young is so small, dude, so, I so small. I almost, te- it's,
2: I almost texted you. I didn't see that, but just yeah. when he was selected, you're like, Oh who's, man. who's this high schooler that
1: like, we're, and, we're putting, bringing to the NFL? And again, the historical comp, the only person, and he's taller than Bryce Young, that has, that has been in Hall of Fame-ish is Drew Brees at that height. So Bryce Young's at plus 475 to be the offensive rookie of the year, right behind Bijan Robinson. Then it's Jackson Smith and Ajigba, plus 650 of the Seahawks. They grabbed him at 20. Then it's Stroud at 7-1 with the Texans. You see Jameer Gibbs in there as well. Anthony Richardson's 12-1 with the Colts. Then a couple wideouts in Jordan Addison to the Vikings and save flowers of the Ravens. Then it's Hendon Hooker undrafted yet. <laughs> As of yet, at twenty to one.
2: My man Ryan, who does our graphics, like the just NFL logo. <laughs> you haven't been yeah. drafted yet, yeah.
1: kid. <laughs> Zach Charbonnet, the uh, running back from UCLA, also at twenty to one. That's a curious guy to have at twenty to one, undrafted. Yeah. Uh, where is Levis on that? You might ask. I'll
2: have to check. He is There's not a, there. there was a bunch of guys bunched at twenty to one there.
1: So, I mean, I don't know. Would you make a bet here at this point on well, this?
2: okay, I find these interesting just from, I, I don't think we're, I think you have to start at quarterbacks. And the fact that we're, the quarterbacks are not at the top, in and especially, okay, you got Bryce Young second, but the fact that Stroud is behind Jackson Smith in the Jigba, like that's <laughs> pretty shocking to me. I, I, know, I know this Texans team does not have a ton of talent on that roster, and it's going to be a pretty rough year, but – Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be the third wide receiver on the Seahawks. Like, I'm going to take a starting quarterback over that. I'll tell, I'll tell you, the one, the bet I would make if I knew he was going to start would be Anthony Richardson. Because Richardson's going to put up rushing yards. No matter what he does as a quarterback, he's going to put up rushing numbers. So, but the problem is I don't know that he's going to start week one.
1: Well, Jackson Smith and Jigba has been good to me. And I might actually take a flyer on him. Because we've now had precedent of wide receivers being offensive rookie of the year. And if I think he's that good, which I do, remember the famous conversation with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigma, where they're all three sitting there, and the reporter asked, Who's the best of all of you? And immediately Olave and Garrett Wilson pointed Smith and Jigma. And if you saw him play in that Rose Bowl, you have no doubts about that as well. I don't know, because I don't, Bryce Young plays for a crappy team. C.J. Stroud, excuse me, guys, Bryce Young plays for what could be a crappy team. C.J. Stroud certainly does. Anthony Richardson, the reason that I was so surprised he went to the Colts is because Colts don't have a bridge quarterback. So you're going to throw Anthony Richardson into the, into the fire. I don't know. Down, well, they they
2: got Minshew, right?
1: They got Minshew. They do have Minshew.
2: I mean, I, I would, ex- I I think I would expect Minshew's going to start the year.
1: He will, but I, like, I don't consider him a bridge quarterback right, where he's right, like, right. yeah. Let's go to defensive rookie of the year. Will Anderson is the short shot, and by a good amount, at plus 350. Then you have Wilson and Carter at 8-1, and Devin Witherspoon at 9-1. That feels like Jalen Carter or nothing to me. You wouldn't take a flyer at Jalen Carter at 8-1? I know it's a stacked Eagles defense. I think Tyree
2: Wilson's got a good chance, too, as a pass rusher there.
1: We didn't talk about Emmanuel Forbes and Christian Gonzalez yet. So, Washington at 16 they had their pick of the cornerback litter, and they decided to go Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State. Now, that's an interesting pick for them because he's a ball hawk. They play a lot of zone. He's used to playing a lot of zone, so it fits. But New England, who had traded down to go right behind Washington at 17, could not wait to make their pick right after that. So usually these teams will wait out the whole clock. As soon as Washington picked Emmanuel Forbes, Belichick and the Patriots were like Gonzalez. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. so it was like, oh, uh, he better be good. But like he, if he's if he's picking off passes like some of these guys were last year, like Tari- the Tariq Woolens of the world, I don't know. Maybe that's a sneaky
2: play. No, no, I don't. I, I like that one. I like that one. I mean, he he was a ball hawk last season at, in, at Oregon, right? Like I think that you got to get interceptions if you're going to win this kind of award.
1: Well, they're all available, all available at DraftKings. NBA last night, because while all this was going on, there was an actual NBA game, and apparently it was pretty good. I didn't watch much of it. I don't know about you, (laughs) Kelly.
2: I, I had it on. I had it
1: on. But at one point, you were like, Hawks. And it looked like the Hawks were very much alive to force a game seven back in Boston in their best of seven first round series. Celtics led by ten in the first. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yes, yeah, Celtics led by ten in the first quarter, but it was 35-34 at the end of the frame. Hawks led by as many as seven in the second quarter, but the half ended with the Celtics up a point. The margin was never greater than five either way in the third quarter, and then the fourth quarter, it was never anything but a one-score game for the whole first seven minutes and it got to 113-110 Atlanta with 5 minutes left. Atlanta had had two opportunities to increase that lead, missed a couple threes. And then Boston goes on an 11 to nothing run late to go up 121 to 113. They cruised from there to a 128 to 120 win and if you're a Hawks pre-flop better, that is brutal.
2: Yes. Brutal. Yeah. So, I mean, real story of this game was Trey Young. I don't even know what he finished with in the first half, but it was, he had like 20 in the first quarter, finishes with 30 for the game.
1: 30 and 10. And yeah, it was, it,
2: it just felt like the whole second half, he didn't play well. And, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, man, if he was do if he looked anything like him, like himself from the first half, Hawks would be running away with this game. And we're going back to Boston for game seven. Um, I, Big, big, big pullout win by Boston on the road. Needed to get that done. I mean, I, uh, things would have got a little tight if you so, had to go back for se- game seven.
1: So we have our third of the four conference semifinals intact. Now we know it will be the second seeded Celtics with home court against the number three Sixers. Have been sitting around. Were you surprised that the Celtics were opened as minus three thirty series favorites? No,
2: no, just because the the questions about Joel Embiid and it, his injuries. It really does come to that.
1: Yeah. Minus it, three ten it, is where it's settled in now at DraftKings,
2: and it's tough, for, you know, from a from a betting standpoint. Whether we're talking serious prices or game one, I don't, I don't think you can do much right now. Like, I need to know more about what Joel Embiid is going to be able to do if he's going to be able to play at all in game one, game two. So, it sounds more and more like he is going to play, but they were very unsure of that just a couple days ago.
1: Not a great matchup for the Sixers.
2: No, it is not.
1: Uh, Knicks have taken some money, and they're five eight. Eastern Conference semi, the other one against the Heat. Uh, Knicks are minus 155 now. The Heat plus 130 coming back. And the Nuggets-Suns remains Suns minus 140 this whole time. The 1-4 in the Western Conference with the Suns, the fourth seed, the favorite.
2: Yeah, I don't get it. I do have bets in uh, on the Nuggets at plus 122. Um, Made that one. And then I made a smaller series play just on the Knicks uh, at minus 150 as that number started to move more the Knicks way. Uh, I think they have they have a, they have an advantage in that series. I think that number should be a little bit more than that. Uh we saw we've gone over many times what Miami did shooting-wise in that in that first round. Uh, you would expect that to regress a bit uh in this second round series. I don't think Tibbs is gonna, he's not gonna handle Jimmy Butler the same way that Bootinoles are uh, chose to handle Jimmy Butler. Um so I I I I give the Knicks a a a pretty nice advantage. I thought that was going to be more like minus 200 for the Knicks, so small bet for me on the series price there, but I'll be taking that mainly game
1: to game. Tonight, we see if we can determine the final conference semi. The Warriors and the Lakers respectively trying to close out the Kings and the the Grizzlies. Warriors are 7.5 point favorites. The Lakers are 4.5 point favorites against the Grizzlies. Neither wants to have to go to a game seven on the opposing team's home court, you would agree that the Lakers are the are the more precarious one if they do?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah.
1: They oh, certainly yeah. don't want to go to Memphis for a game seven.
2: I really like the Warriors tonight, like though. I do, Lay in too. seven. I think they get this done.
1: Close them out, Dubs. Close them out. We'll come back. Frank Schwab on the NFL Draft. Paul Carr, Premier League picks. Andy McNeil on the Stanley Cup playoffs. What a night in hockey it is. It's an.
0: A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. There's a lot
1: to bet on in the next 30 days, and for a limited time, you can subscribe to VSIN for only $9.99. That gets you insight into daily baseball best bets, NBA and NHL playoffs, and VSIN's upcoming Kentucky Derby betting guide. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Also, a top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VSIN expert. Has the hot hand. Sign up now for only $9.99 at com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. It's uh Kelly Bidlin. We get tweets at Beating the Book. This is from JD Emmons uh in uh Alabama, in northern Alabama. He says, Another thank you, second biggest winning day of my life. Um, it figures that's a that's a uh what did he say here? Oh, four figures. That's a lot for me, he said. You said the draft is the best betting vehicle, and I listened. I zigged when everyone zagged for one year, and it paid off big time tonight. Well, good for you, J.D.
2: Yeah.
1: I I wish we had bet our convictions (laughs) in the same way that you did. Yeah, yeah. But I'm glad that you took advantage of it because we did get a lot right. We just didn't – it just didn't manifest in most of the bets. Uh, And this is from um, Scott, New York, Mess 16 He goes, do you think Detroit made the trade backwards thinking there was no way Atlanta was taking a running back and Bijan would still be there? When they picked at 12, good plan with good probability of working out, but just not to be, well, that's interesting because Warren sharp just tweeted this out. I don't know if he just tweeted this, but this is a Warren sharp tweet. He said, the Falcons believing they needed Bijan when their scheme last year allowed their running backs to rank. Are you ready for this? Kelly, Number one in rushing yards, number one in yards per carry, number one in rushing first downs, number two in EPA per rush, number three in success rate, number three in first downs, and touchdowns per touch. (laughs) And they drafted a running back. Wow. Let's bring in Frank Schwab from Yahoo. Uh, He covers the NFL and sports betting for Yahoo Sports at Yahoo Schwab. Always great to see him. How you doing, Frank? Kill my man. What's going on, dude? How you doing? I guess we should start there. I mean, among the curious moves of the night, obviously, Detroit ranks right up there. I mean, do you believe that was the most curious, the Detroit-Atlanta shenanigans?
3: Yeah, and Detroit way more than Atlanta. Look, at least Atlanta drafting a running back eight, I don't love it, but at least they got a, a- really high-end running back. Like this is, he's not quite Saquon Barkley prospect level, but he's close. Bijan's awesome. We, I get it. At least from that aspect, I wouldn't have made that pick in a million years. I don't think they're running back away. Tyler Algier, as you kind of alluded to their fifth round rookie last year, had a really good season. So you kind of make him obsolete. Why? Because he's a cheap asset. You have so many needs, especially on defense. No way. I dropped a running back. And all that said, still Thought that was a better pick than the Lions. I don't know what the Lions were doing. I and I think that everybody's involved in this chorus now. I'm, I do too. Not, yeah, not yeah. alone, but not just Jameer Gibbs, who is a 199 pound running back who's not gonna be a bell cow type. And they just signed David Montgomery, and I like DeAndre Swift, they obviously don't. But then to back that up with Jack Campbell, an off ball linebacker, 18, when and he's again, I said this on our podcast last night, he ain't Luke Keekley, like he's good, solid off ball linebacker, but the Detroit Lions had. Two picks in the top 18, they're obviously favorites to win the NFC North right now. They could add some impact players to get them over the hump. And they go with two non-premium positions with the top 18 picks. I just, man, position value is just not Detroit's friend last night.
1: Yeah, I said at the top, I was like, it's really interesting. The consensus on who won, Eagles, Lions, excuse me, Eagles and Seahawks versus who who did something curious, Lions, maybe the Falcons. But again, if Bijan is great, Bijan is great. It won't matter in the end. Um, I think that's pretty much consensus. Let me just ask you other things, which is give me the under the radar team and and person picked and player picked that you think is actually a sneaky great selection in this first round.
3: You know, I'll go not necessarily the player, but I was railing about again our podcast last night. Just thinking about it, it because we just wrapped it up at about midnight. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona, look, when I, when I do my power rankings, look, I, I, I mark them down 32 to one, right? Now I've been having this conversation in my head of who's the worst team at football this year? Is it Arizona or Houston? Arizona has both of those picks now in the first round next year because what they did was they sat there at number three. They really like Paris Johnson, the offensive lineman, and then... Houston comes with this ridiculous offer. They don't offer Cleveland's pick from the Deshaun Watson trade. They're like, no, no, we'll give you our pick next year. Houston's like, Arizona's like, sure, why wouldn't we do that? They move back. They move up. Get the guy they wanted anyway. Paris Johnson at number six. And now they might have, they might Edmund and Corey out this thing. You remember that reference. Mm -hmm. They might have the first two picks of next year's draft. And even if you say, well, you know, they, they don't, maybe they don't need a quarterback if Kyler bounces back. They could trade that Caleb Williams pick for a mint draft. Marvin Harrison, number two, if they want hypothetically. I thought that I thought Houston really got taken in that trade, but was really impressed with Arizona. That's how you kind of start rebuilding your team. You add assets like that. So if you're asking me kind of an under the radar team that really, really helped itself, it's the Arizona Cardinals and not, that's what's going to happen this year but when we go on the clock next year and they have two prime prime picks in a good draft.
1: Let me ask you about something else that was sort of random. And, and a lot of people thought this was a great pick. And I was like, wow, is that really what they needed? Uh, at 24, the Vikings went Jordan Addison. Now everybody loves Jordan Addison transferred from Pitt to USC. A lot of people thought he was the best uh, wide receiver prospect, um, even better than Jackson Smith and the according to some, not to me, but according to some, I, their defense is so bad, so bad. Was
3: that a curious pick to you? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I at least I get it. I, I mean, Justin Jefferson's going to need somebody taking some attention away. And I, I guess you make your strength stronger. You take the best guy on the board, whatever cliche you want to use. That's kind of what happened there. But I agree with you. Their defense was horrible. We saw, we all saw Daniel Jones carve them up into the playoffs. You would think that they'd really make that a priority. But when you get to look, this was not a good draft. I think we all know that. We've talked about that. I, I listened to your show the other day when you were talking about draft props and you guys kind of seem to agree. This was just not a good crop of players. So I wonder if the Vikings in that spot didn't really have a first round grade on anybody left. And they just said, who's the best guy? Okay. It's Addison. Let's stick to our board and take him. He does fill a need, even though it's not really the need that we have to fill in that. The defense is just bad, like you said. So, yeah, a little bit curious, but I just wonder if they got stuck with. This isn't a great draft. There's not a great player we love. Let's just take who's on top of our board.
1: We didn't get to four and a half quarterbacks. We didn't even get to four. We only ended up with three. Uh, We didn't get to five and a half offensive linemen. Over was was a massive favorite for a lot of that. We didn't get to 16 and a half offensive players. Which is the most surprising of that
3: group? It's honestly the offensive players, because I didn't know that until you told me. That's pretty surprising, and I know you guys really like that prop. Uh, I did, too, I, just because it seemed like this was an offensive heavy draft. I look, the the obvious thing here is Will Levis, and I get that the mock drafters sometimes push guys up when the NFL teams don't like them that much. But and I, the whole, like, Michael number two, look, the number one, the, the Reddit thing, whatever, that was just kind of dumb. We all do that. But number two, when I woke up yesterday morning to to start writing, Will Levis was the favorite to go number two overall. Yeah. Now, you know, I, the, obviously the draft betting markets are are really soft and they're obviously not accurate. But to fall out of the first round that shocked me. When teams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tennessee Titans, your Washington Commanders, the Lions and Seahawks passed twice each, and you could have envisioned a scenario where they're like. We got our veteran. Will Levis can learn behind them. We can use the second pick on a developmental quarterback. Nobody took the bait. And so when we get started with the draft today and everybody's asking, where does Will Levis go? I don't know, because all these teams have passed on him already. <laughs> and right. I mean, why would they all so, of a sudden go, that's our guy. If, if, he, if you were that smitten with him, you already would have taken him. Uh, that was the big shocker to me that we didn't get the four quarterbacks. But yes, the offensive player was one. Well, that I'll- was
1: i'm totally with you on the levis thing and again i I sort of started the show by saying in in one way it is refreshing because kelly and i we've been sitting here for a month plus saying like did anybody watch college football like every time they had a big moment he came up small and cj stroud was just awesome did we forget this all of a sudden and in the end cj stroud goes to will levis hasn't been drafted yet so i I like that part of it although not from a from a betting standpoint as (laughs) you know did, did i exploit it but with the levis thing like, give me the, what part of this is this toe injury? What part of this is, is this supposed arrogance that he showed perhaps in interviews or third? What part of it is what I just mentioned, which is maybe he's just not a first
3: rounder. I think it's three. Uh, the toe injury is kind of something that, that somebody leaks out there to kind of be like, Oh, this is why. It's not because he's a bad player. It's because, I mean, I mean, the guys go, Jameson Williams was coming off a torn ACL. He's a receiver, uses his speed, and he went number 12 last year. This toe injury can't be that bad. It's not debilitating. Like, I mean, I think that Will Levis is going to be able to play through this thing. This injury we would never heard of, by the way. I just think part of it probably was he didn't come word. off well in interviews. Yeah, Not, not even a single word. It, it, part of it is, yeah, he came off bad in interviews. You heard that a lot. But I think it, it is just... Look, I mean, no, he's not Josh Allen, necessarily. You turn on the film, like you said, you look at his last year at Kentucky, he just wasn't great. He he, he had his moments, for sure, but not first-round moments, not, a, not consistently enough to be in that first round, but still you could have, I had no, I thought, yeah, maybe he falls a little bit at 20. Yeah. You know, if that's crazy, 25, if we're getting really out of, out of control, but all the way out of the first round is just insane to me. I did not see that coming in any way.
1: Real quick. Cause you alluded to this, which of the, which of those teams, Titans, um, Raiders, Buccaneers, commanders, Vikings, even saints. Cause the Vikings would want to, you know, an, an apprentice, which was the which was the team where you're like I cannot believe even they didn't take him. Which was probably the, Tampa Bay. I probably think so ta- too
3: because they're so thin at quarterback. But I could at least see that in that Tampa Bay's like, well, we're going to stink this year. Maybe Drake May next year. Maybe Caleb Williams. The Titans though. The Titans were a team where I was like, you're not even going to be in a position to draft a guy. So what are you doing there?
1: Ron Rivera said they didn't even they didn't even consider it for a second.
3: <laughs> it was just like no,
1: no, we're not taking him. Frank, great to see you. Enjoy tonight's second and third rounds thanks man appreciate it frank schwab from yahoo everybody we'll come back and we'll talk premier league picks with paul carr he was in kansas city i don't think he went let's find out what the buzz was in town
0: it's a numbers game at vston the sports betting network witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury A numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network.
1: The first inning is unpredictable, but you can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first inning prop bet on any Friday Major League Baseball game, and if only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $20, uh, up to $20 that is. Take... Big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sports books, and an official—I an, should say—an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. That's BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Log into your account or sign up with BetMGM today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Twenty-one years of age or older to wager. No existing customer offer. Opt-in is required. However, all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, Jason H11, no one cares about this silly NFL stuff. We want tennis picks or the name of the sushi place. Your choice. Uh, Tennis picks, uh, 5 out of 7 the last. uh, We're on a 5 out of 7 run, 5 and 2. We lost on Eugenie Bouchard this morning. We're up a break in the Quentin Hallis match. Those are the only two bets of the day, so hopefully we split on those. Um, but again, all of that at com slash picks. And the reason that we don't talk about them on this show is because they're already, in many cases, already started uh, because we are playing in Madrid, in España. So they're overnight it's in terms of, uh, you know, as it's juxtaposed against this show. So check it out, com slash picks for subscribers only on that. Chance Copperpot, who's been, I, I, I usually skip over Chance's uh, tweets, but Kelly, he's been betting the Rays just minus everything every night. I'm glad
2: he keeps tweeting these. I ads. do too. Like, Cuz it, it's kind of a it, it, it's it's fascinating. It's
1: and fascinating. He, even he even he admits this is going to come crashing down at some point, but like he keeps doing minus 2, minus 3, minus 4 every night and he's making a killing. Nemesis and talking about uh JD JD Emmons from Alabama who was who uh, made a killing on the draft. He says wonder how much zagging the Alabama better did was due to just Alabama fandom with Anderson. Um was probably on Bryce early and doubled with the dip and grab plus money. A win is a win. Yeah, I mean, could very well have been. Could very well have been. And this is from, and this was yesterday, because we had Crack on yesterday, Bill Krakenberger, and um, I don't think Bill would object to this character, characterization. What would you say, Kelly? That we, who had won every single draft up until now, were very, we, we knew this was a possibility, that we would lose. Yeah. Crack was super confident. And so Wadzilla asked, he goes, can you ask Crack if his confidence in this draft bet, uh, if his confidence was warranted? Much respect. Crack actually did text me during the draft last night, and he said, you were right. Like, he seemed really surprised by it. He was like, wow, we really didn't make a killing. Now, he said he made a small win. So I hope he did get in the black on that. But yeah, it wasn't nearly, wasn't nearly the windfall, and even he said that as well.
2: Yeah, I think there's, from a betting standpoint, like, there's definitely regrets. I think I think there's f- f- the regrets from my end this year. Mistakes be, were made. Mistakes were made. The regrets from my my end this year would be not being confident in the stuff I really just personally believed That's in, what right? we and said, yeah. And that's the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. At the end of the day, there was no way those guys weren't going one, two, and in one order or the other. And I really liked the two running backs. You did. And I kept saying it, and I kept not betting it, and I only bet it at once. That's and your own that personal really, sort of Fall on. Yes, it really yeah. irritated me when Gibbs goes off. Uh, what was it? 12? 12. It was? Was they like, were 12.
1: done by 12. I'm like,
2: sweet, cash. Should have been so much more.
1: I only ended up getting, uh, what did I get in the end? Oh, so uh, I did get the over on Broderick Jones, barely. Yep. Jackson Smith the Jigma to go first, which was plus 350. That was my one truly great bet. Um, and then, what was the third? Oh, and then Zay, Zay to go over 21 and a half as well. So, but that's it. Like, I had the over quarterbacks. Nope. I had the over offensive lineman, which I laid juice on. Nope. And then I had all the, the problem with this draft is that I bet this, I had a lot of, that was dead money to begin with, right? So the CJ Stroud bets right off the top. Yeah. But Jackson Smith and the Jigba did not go under. That was, that was bad too, because I bet it, I bet it a few times. And then Lucas Van Ness, who I had going top ten, ends up going twelfth. Yeah, it was tough. and I had him under eleven and a half. Brutal. By the way, the Patriots, Levis to the Patriots, I got excited twice. of
2: course. At yeah, fourteen course. and at
1: seventeen. Because that would have bailed <laughs> me out of everything would've and I would have won out the everything.
2: draft. Yeah. I was thinking about you when they were on the clock.
1: But again, my imitation of the Patriots at 17, right after the uh, commanders uh, drafted, <laughs> the Washington commanders select Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State quarterback Emmanuel Forbes. Christian Gonzalez, <laughs> we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, they couldn't wait to draft him there. That was a quick uh, deflating moment as well. Uh, Paul Carr joins us now from Topeka, Kansas, in the heart of the country. Literally, if you if you do a whole like vertical and horizontal in the middle of the country, I think it. Pops right at Topeka, pretty much. How you doing, man? You good? It's pretty. I'm good. I'm good. It's pretty close. It's
4: uh Lebanon, Kansas is the oh. geographic center of the you know the lower 48. It's kind of north central Kansas, probably an hour or two from here. Hour. to Lebanon, Lebanon, Kansas is your wow. answer to that so. question. Yeah. Now you know. Now you there know. You go.
1: So you you did not attend the draft last
4: night. No, I I live about an hour away. I am going over to Kansas City this afternoon for some other stuff. So we're gonna at least make a pass and and see what's going on and hope the barbecue places aren't too packed and everything. So, but yeah, I was, uh, I stayed away from the craziness.
1: Yeah. It looked like a great scene, man. Good for Kansas city. Looks, it felt looked great on TV. Weather was good like, yeah. and felt like, as they kept saying over and over, felt like a super bowl coronation. You know, finally their, their last celebration of it.
4: I worked out super nicely. I, I almost wanted to uh, choose to trade out of 31 trade down just for, not, not, I didn't really want this. Oh, for the anti-climactic nature yeah. of it? Us <laughs> people stayed the whole time. We have the trophies.
1: <laughs> and the Chiefs have traded their and picks for the Patriots. Traded and... their selection. That's right. <laughs> that would have been they. a really sad way to end that. Um, yeah. Okay, let's get to the Premier League. Before we get to your picks, can we just talk about Man City and Arsenal? So Man City did what everybody thought they would do, is beat Arsenal. Maybe they didn't think they'd crush them like they did. Uh, maybe you did. So here we are, Man yep. City, a huge favorite now to win this. There's still two points behind arsenal arsenal has five games to play arsenal is it just the schedule that arsenal can't get this done like is it that uh, and city has two two fewer games or two more games
4: left. two city more games. seven games left right yeah. so city's got two extra games oh two that's, games right. In the hand, that's right so that's right and a little bit of the, the schedule yeah i mean yeah. arsenal has to go to newcastle that's really the toughest game for either team left um the only glimmer of hope for arsenal is that obviously City has to play those games and something has to go right. Right. Uh, City has a couple Champions League semifinals mixed in against Real Madrid, so they're going to have nine games in 29 days, City will, before the end of the season. And then City ends at Brighton and at Brentford, and those are both, you know, solid top-half teams. That's the only hope that Arsenal really has of, you know, City's just got to yeah. almost collapse.
1: So it's, it's the right? it's the extra two games, which the, the yeah. assumption being that those will be used as an opportunity to get ahead of Arsenal right. in the standings, by the way, again, the valet, my, my friend who is a uh, huge Arsenal fan, he's already just, every time uh, he sees me, he just shakes his head. Let's start with the last of your three games first. We don't usually okay. do this, but it involves Arsenal. You yep. do think Arsenal rolls by Chelsea.
4: Yeah, this is Monday game. Uh, this is as much about Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea played Brentford midweek and Chelsea just looked yeah, like they want to mail the season. And we're at the point of the season where sometimes these mid table teams that where you can't really get into a European spot, you're safe from relegation will just kind of, you know, putts their way to the finish line. And I think Chelsea's in that here. They've lost five games under Frank Lampard. They've only scored one goal in the five games, uh, which is a little, you know, unlucky, but they're still part of the reason they're underachieving their expected goals is because they're taking a lot of low probability, long range shots. Uh, They've lost Reese James, one of their better defenders. Mason Mount, who has been historically the last couple of years, one of their better attackers. They're both out for the season, so this is really a fade Chelsea thing. So I'll lay the goal and a half with Arsenal and get about plus two hundred. Uh, just think again. Chelsea's done. Arsenal obviously has something to play for. They're a much better team, uh, and I'll, I'll lay that and get a nice plus money price on it. All right,
1: that's not till Monday though, correct? Correct. Okay. Yep. So let's uh, let's go back to this weekend now. What do you got tomorrow? Tomorrow we're going to go to
4: Brentford. Brentford is hosting Nottingham Forest. The ever-popular "take the better team" motif here. Uh, this is pretty simple. Brentford is a solid top-half team. Uh, Forest is battling relegation. That's the only thing they have going for them. But they have been just awful on the road all season. You know, they try to play a little tighter, but have not been very good at it uh they have seven goals in 16 away games they've lost 12 of the last 16 away including six in a row and none of those are really very fluky when you look at all the underlying numbers they're just not good on the road Brentford took care of business at chelsea midweek i think they'll do it again here Uh, so it's juicy but i played minus 150 for a Brentford win and then sunday you are playing man city but you're doing it in the same game parlay sort of way yeah this is a i mean i almost feel like i don't have to explain this pick but Assuming you can do this at your book, I have a Man City win at Fulham and over two and a half total goals, which I got to minus 130. Fulham's like Chelsea; they're kind of mid-table, not going anywhere up or down. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic is out. They had one shot against Aston Villa midweek, one shot, and even though they had the ball about half the time, now they're going to have about the ball about a third of the time against City. Uh, and anyway, again, City's just rolling—the best team in the world. Fulham's defense not so good. This is kind of a brain-dead parlay of sorts your parlance. Uh, City win over two and a half goals, minus 130. Thank you so much for attributing that to me. The
1: brain dead parlay. Uh, so it's Brentford tomorrow. It's Man City and the over in the game against Fulham on Sunday, the parlay. Yep. And then Monday, it's Arsenal giving the goal in the half against Chelsea. Paul, yep. good luck. I know you're on a bit thank of a you. roll here. Good luck to Let's us. Go. Paul, thank you so much there. Paul Carr, Thanks, everybody. Have a good you too, at Paul Carr from the expected value podcast jvt on the nba numbers game vson these sports
0: infinity presents a new chapter in luxury